Hey everybody, this is Brad Williams and I am the pastor of B4 Church. Welcome to our podcast. My prayer is that this would help you behold God, that you would see Him for who He is, that you would belong to community, that you would be everything that you were created to be, and that you would be able to dream beyond the limitations in your life. So I hope you enjoy this teaching and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Hey everyone, welcome to the B4 Podcast. My name is Alex. I'm one of the hosts here. And last week we started a really important conversation with our lead pastor, Brad Williams, about grace and truth and how to live in the tension of both places. This week, we're picking up that conversation in part two, where we're gonna focus more on the relational implications of living in this tension. You talked about your family, your extended family. You talked about being in New York. And then you just mentioned some of your friends. And, you know, they all have a common thread, which is you have relationship with people who do not yeah. believe what you believe. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. right. And so when we talk about this conversation in regards to people um, that are potentially listening and they're in the same situation yeah. as you, what advice would you give those people? Patience. Uh, patience. Um, the other thing is this, specifically in the faith conversation, um, in the 50s and 60s, someone making a decision to be a person who followed Jesus took one or two steps. Most people were theistic. Most people were usually, mm-hmm. I mean, they were actually, yeah. they were probably monotheistic. Yeah, um, Their understanding of Christianity was probably pretty orthodox. And then mm-hmm. there was more of a realization of the implications of Christianity. And then they chose to follow Jesus. In today's day and age, we're seven, eight steps out yeah. um, from somebody really understanding the truth of the gospel, the truth of what it means to be a Christian. And um, and yet what we expect is for people to make, make that, that move huge shift. as yeah. quickly. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's these intellectual stages. There's thresholds of faith, if you will, that people have to pass through. And one of the things I always like to remind myself of is um, what I'm trying to do is get a person to move from one step to the next step, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. to the last step. Mm-hmm. So let's move you to the next step. How do we get to the next place? And interestingly enough, what they've proven over and over again in the last 35 years, everything has proven that one of the most significant steps in a person moving towards faith is trust of a Christian. Um, mm. Tim Keller phrases it this way. He says, they they finally meet a Christian that they don't believe is an idiot. <laughs> so very complimentary. You know, yeah, very complimentary. And that's obviously his, his context is New York. Yeah. But that's actually oftentimes people go, I met this person. And we've all heard this before. Yeah. Somebody goes, well, you're not like other Christians. Yeah. But then you yeah. find out they actually don't know many other Christians. Right. They just mm-hmm. met you. Or they've seen Christians yeah. on the social yeah. media. To your point, they're characterization on news media, whatever it might be. Um, some of those characterizations fit sometimes, by the way. But um, <laughs> but true. But that I think that's so important for us to hear because when we're navigating a world where truth it seems to be very elusive and we're sitting there listening to ideas, uh, our tendency is just to confront the idea when the next best thing might be for you to listen to that person and say, help me explain, help me understand how you got there. Like, tell mm-hmm. me about your story. Getting them to trust you and for you to trust them, I think is really critical in that process. Mm-hmm. So that's a wonderful explanation of how to show grace to people outside the church. But here's a question for you. Is it easier or harder to show grace for people outside the church or inside the church? And why? Yeah. Wow. Uh, part of me doesn't want to answer this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it kind of depends. Yeah, I, I think does. I I think I struggle. Um, it, this is going to sound really strange, but I struggle a lot more with people inside the church mm-hmm. and extending grace. Um, it's hard as a pastor when you see people mm-hmm. um, 
when you see people who know the truth, but they don't seem to know Jesus mm-hmm. and, um, and they're, they're warring against people outside the church when Jesus actually confronted people inside the community of faith more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty challenging, you know, as a, as a leader. So I, I, I so I just say that's, that's a tough thing for me. And I, what I actually have to remind myself of very frequently is that, um, it's like a, it's like a, I've, I've used this phrase before that, that we dig wells of living water and we let people drink. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. fence the well and decide who gets to drink and who doesn't get to drink. Our job is to let people drink living water. An, ex- an expansion on that understanding is that people come from both ends of the spectrum to drink at the well. And so as a pastor, I'm always reminding myself that in the same way that I want, you know, the person that's a non-believer hates the church to come drink living water and experience it. I also want those people in the church that have been wrapped around the axles with their religiosity and their moralism. I also want sure. them to come drink living water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a reminder that I have to come back to time and time again and say, all right, you got to you you got to extend as much grace here. Cuz I want Christians to know better. The truth is I was one of those Christians at one mm-hmm. point. We all have been, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I remember the night before uh, I got married, my my brother uh, was taking me out, bachelor party. We were in Sweet Home, Oregon. So imagine a bachelor <laughs> Getting party. Getting wild in Sweet Home. Yeah. We, we well actually, known as a party well, town. <laughs> we drove up to Lebanon just to okay, get Okay, all right. Just to get yeah. real crazy. We weren't going to go all the way to Albany, but we were going yeah. to Lebanon to have a, to have a good time together. And uh, And I remember my brother pulled out a couple of cigars and I was in like the mm. most hyper religious yeah. phase of my life. And I just like laid into my brother who was on this faith struggle at that point. Yeah. And I laid into my brother in a way that was so toxic around religiosity and my behavior and all these things. And I'll never forget my brother looked at me and he goes, huh? He goes, so that's how you talk to your brother when you follow Jesus. Mm. Ouch. And it just stung. It stung. It stung so yeah. bad. And and I justified it. I was in that phase right. of life where it was about moralism and legalism and religiosity and a yeah. good Christian doesn't do, you know, I just have my list and all those things. Now, I had been in college previous to that and had been- Sure. Indoctrinated I had, in that way. Well, I had yeah. gone, and I'd gone down the other way. I'd gone down uh, that other yeah, road. I had lived right. that life and I didn't right. want to be a part of that life. Yeah. And so- you know, there was this personal struggle, but the fact that I would speak to my brother, I mean, literally just chewing him out in the car- and then totally denying Jesus in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. in that whole process, Jesus never would have done that that yeah. way to my brother. That's where my brain is going a little bit with this because like what captured your heart about Jesus was grace. Yeah. And then the recognition that there were things in your life you needed to distance yourself from was truth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you go down that pathway and then all of a sudden, somehow it becomes a rigid moralism and the fear of those things, which is really what it was, reinfecting you or the people around you, causes you to be a jerk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and actually for me, my journey was reversed. So my journey was I was sort of living this life. Right. And it wasn't, I was starting to do the math and it wasn't adding up. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was the, the truth is, <laughs> the truth is that I was actually drawn to the moralism mm-hmm. because I got I got the keys before I got the grace. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like I got here's this didn't work. This whole thing of like partying and and pursuing your own thing and making life about yourself, that wasn't working. So the alternative was, well, then I'm gonna go other to the extreme. church. I'm gonna go to the other extreme. And then I f- found grace, mm-hmm. which is the, that's the interesting part mm-hmm. of my journey is that 
I had enough knowledge that one thing wasn't working and one thing was that I dove into it. Yeah. And that looked like Christianity for a little while, but I truly, in some ways it's like, I think I was on the doorstep of Christianity until I truly experienced grace. Wow. Mm-hmm. Then there was this movement. Moralism led you to grace. Wow. Yeah. I think for a lot of people these days, that's the case. I think for a lot of people, I think for a lot of people, the reason they have a faith crisis is that they've actually just been moralistic mm-hmm. and not experienced true, genuine grace. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of fear that um, engaging with those things out there yeah, yeah. is going to taint us some way. And so yeah. there's this drive and desire to want to hold on to the truth. Right. And sometimes it becomes a weapon and not something uh-huh. that sets us free. Um I guess I'm I'm still processing this because I know as a pastor, I engage with this all the time. People are constantly nervous about something out there infecting us in yeah, here. Yeah. And so what we could deem as grace, they think as <laughs> dangerous and permissiveness right. and licentious right. behavior. So I want to yeah. just go back to what you just said, like things out there infecting things in here. I don't believe and, that, by no, the way. No, I know. But yeah, that's, yeah. That, and, I, and I just want to make it really clear that when I think about the church, I think about us infecting it out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And the only way that we're going to infect out there is if we actually go and be a part of the city, the Mm -hmm. community, the neighborhood, the schools, the. But only if they do what we want them to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that sarcastically. (laughs) No. And I think that's, I think that's part of where, um, you know, after the years of ministry that I've been in, I think at some point you have to realize as a pastor, I realize I have to trust Jesus in people. Yeah. I also have to believe that the Holy Spirit is moving and active. Um, God is already working in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we read the Bible and God used people who did not believe the way his people believed, and yet he used them to speak to his people. Uh, God is moving in people's lives and in spheres that we don't even understand. So I think knowing that when we go out into those spaces um, to trust what God's already working in, trust mm-hmm. what he's already doing, to realize that he's already at work wherever mm-hmm. we go, I think is such a critical thing. And I think for me holding that really loosely, like uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to believe that me loving and, and earning the trust of somebody is going to go a lot further in getting them closer to Jesus than me arguing with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or me just simply disassociating with them because we don't sure. believe the same thing. Sure. Uh, historically, that's never led to, to people <laughs> coming yeah. to Christ. <laughs> Yeah. So I think that's I think that's a very real thing. The other thing that's really challenging is there hasn't been in, in America, uh, there probably hasn't been a time like this when there are people who really just don't know anything different. So mm-hmm. if, if you rewind thirty or forty years, a lot of conversations that adults were having, they were having. If, if somebody was living a certain lifestyle, the the con- the conclusion could easily be drawn. They chose that and walked away from mm-hmm. the church of their youth. Yes. Yeah. So now you fast forward to the age that we live in right now, and we don't have that. I mean, I have, yeah. I know lots and lots of people. They never left the church. Yeah, they were, they never, were never a part, a part of, of the church. Yeah. They they didn't reject God. They didn't reject Christianity. They, they don't were never know Christian. that. Yeah, yeah, they don't their, know it. Their grandparents left, and they're yeah. third generation. Um, so I think that's another reality that sometimes the way we think about things and the way we think about people is shaped by our experiences from twenty or thirty years ago. When now we're talking about generations. I mean, my daughters have had friends that when they've invited them to church, they're the my, my wife and I, we've invited friends to church. They they were the first, it was the first time they ever came to church. Mm-hmm. Um, when my dad took we went to church with my mom and dad, um, the first time my dad went, 
was the first time my dad went. I watched my mm-hmm. dad walk into church for the first time. Wow. Um, that we were a family that had never gone to church. I'd never. Um, so realizing that was that was just a couple years ago. Uh, <laughs> when we realize that, I just think it helps us understand where people are. We just have to see them differently. Like they don't know any different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it just, I think it gives you this grace to be able to move in those spaces and love people. Yeah, because that gives you a view that's a lot more compassionate than how we tend to view that, like, us Mm. versus them of, like, us, the church, we are good, and them, the world, they're bad. But if, because, again, we assume a rejection. Right. But if we see it just as, like, oh, like, they're just lost because no one ever told them where to go. They didn't, like, stone the guide or anything. Right. They just never knew. Right. That gives us the capacity to be more loving and compassionate and graceful than if we're thinking of them differently in our minds. Yeah, and then— if we do want them to know, yes. what are the first things we want them to know yeah, about Jesus yeah. and Christians? Yeah. So there's where the whole thing kind of flips, right? And you go, mm-hmm. okay. So now if if you never actually rejected this, I'm not trying to prove anything to you. So now I really am in a place of just trying to love you and earn mm-hmm. your trust so that when you do have questions, I might be the person you ask mm-hmm. and yeah. I might be the one who gets to introduce you to this person called Jesus. So yeah. it really does flip the way that we move in those spaces. Yeah, and so in another way, another thing you're saying is you get to the behavioral changes way down the line. On the other if, side of yeah. grace. That right, that's the whole right. thing. Yeah. If somebody's changing their behavior, but they haven't encountered grace, that's right. religion and moralism mm-hmm. that right. actually isn't a conversion. And, and in a way, that's a critique on what has become a common thought about our country as a whole. We're yeah. losing our values. We're departing away from a way that we once were. There's a fear that's driven in that, that oftentimes then we just distance ourselves farther from the people that we're right. trying to save with the truth. Right. Instead of drawing near to yeah, them, yeah. there's a, it, it just it, this conversation has so many far-reaching implications. It, it's, yeah, it's really complicated. Yeah, hence why we've done this many podcasts yeah. and are going to do more. Well, yeah. and you know, this is another part of this is that um, if if Christianity was as simple as here's the list of things you do, here's the list of things you don't do, here's mm-hmm. all of you gather together. Just hang out with each other that believe. If that was the way Christianity was structured, we wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The reason we need the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't even reason, need Jesus. We just check off our to-do list. Right. Literally. Yeah. Literally, Jesus becomes a figurehead. And the Holy Spirit becomes totally non-essential. And so sure. the, one of the reasons why I believe about the Holy Spirit the way that I do is that I need the Spirit's guidance to navigate the complexity. If it's as simple as blue or red. Or if it's as simple as A or B, or as simple as that's that. I probably shouldn't have used blue or red, by the way. I was just thinking of two colors. <laughs> two colors. I wasn't thinking the political yeah. blue and red. So let's say green and yellow. Green and yellow. That's what I was thinking of the matrix, is what I was thinking of. But if, if I just think it's one or the other, um, there's no need for the Spirit's guidance. I think the reason we mm-hmm. need the Holy Spirit to guide us, to come alongside of us, is because we will be in these very complicated gray spaces and we need the spirit to help us navigate what does it look like for me to be in this space what does it look like for me to be friends with these people to enter into this i mean i'll I'll just give you a really silly example but this might help somebody is sherry and i we we always accept invitations to parties 
Um, and so party was, people. Yeah. Like when, and so it was always just like, if people were throwing I mean, adult parties, not like crazy, crazy <laughs> ragers, you know, none of that kind like of stuff. Raves on the weekend. But, yeah, but you know, there's, there's times where you go to, you know, you go into these spaces and, and Sherry and I having tons of friends, uh, yeah. in our previous city that we lived in tons of friends that, um, you know, that didn't follow Jesus and they would invite us to like different things and we'd show up. And I remember one time specifically, we showed up at this Halloween party and uh, it was kind of a costume, adult costume party. <laughs> and uh, we were both there about five minutes. And we're like, um, yeah, we need to find the exit from this thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it, it's one of those things where you, we went because it's like, hey, if people are inviting you into their home, yeah, mm-hmm. we want, we want, Jesus would have gone. So let's go. Yeah. But there's those times when you walk into the home and you go, we probably should. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is one of those moments where sure. I'm not, I'm sure that we can probably yeah. connect in a little more, you know, yeah. safe space. And, and, and so that's the Holy Spirit's work. That was exactly yeah. it. So we both, we, we both kind of had this moment, like we need to, like, this isn't where we need to be. I remember us saying something. Yeah. We said, you know, everybody was just getting hammered at this place. And I remember we both said, everybody here is so drunk. The assumption is going to be, if you're in the room, you're just as drunk as they are. Mm. And we both had this conversation. Like everyone's just hammered. It's this crazy yeah. party. And by being there, there was no opportunity to to right. build trust. Nothing or beneficial. Nothing yeah. beneficial. Nobody yeah. was going to remember it anyway. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. so it was. It was just one of those times though that both of us kind of separately were like, ah, the Lord was just saying, yeah, you need yeah. to you need to move on. It's a silly little example, but that happens all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, but even as you're saying that, like a hypothetical situation, but the spirit could also be if you walked in the door in that moment, say you need to stay here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you end up, you know, helping save someone's life, right? right? Yeah. And right. so it's just important that we don't categorize the spirit as one or the other, right? Yeah. Back you to know? the checklist and, thing. Yeah. It's not that simple, right? Yeah. It's that moment of the, both of us feeling, eh, like, yeah, like, like Lord, we're probably not supposed to, like, we need to move away from this in yeah. this moment. There's a dynamic nature, to and, yeah, the and yet, and yet, there's other things that have been like that where the yeah. response was different. It's just, it really is, it really is us trusting the spirit of God in in us and trusting that he's moving in other people's lives. So I have uh, a couple questions as we wrap this up, but what does this look like for the church today and for tomorrow? Yeah. So how do we take this into the life of before, but just when we look down the road for the church as a whole? Yeah, I think we have to become people who are so profoundly impacted by grace that we're not worried about uh, the arguments. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. if we really have experienced grace, if we're really walking in that grace, we are able to be a force in the world, not worry about hiding in the fortress, but we can be a force in the world. Mm-hmm. I think the church has to figure that out, not just our church, but I think every church has to figure out how to walk boldly in grace and how to be okay with people who don't agree with us. Mm-hmm. And to, I mean, truly to be like, hey, okay, I know you don't agree with me. I'm still gonna love you. Yeah. Um, Jesus expressed that better than anybody. You don't understand, you know, I mean, with his right. disciples, he yeah. over and over again, there was there was sort of a, an ignorance to who he was, but he kept on loving, kept on loving, kept on loving, and that's that's what the church has to do. We have mm-hmm. to continue to put ourselves out there and to say we are going to be people who are confident in grace yeah. enough to be out there and to be mm-hmm. in that space of um, we may not be the majority uh, opinion holder, yeah. we may have the minority opinion, but we're going to walk in that truth ourselves and we're going to love people. Yeah, and when you say the church, you're referring to not just those of us who are working here. Yeah, yeah. You're referring about everybody. to the church yeah, 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 at yeah, large. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and that's, to me, that's that's ultimately what it is. I mean, right. we if you imagine everybody in our church scattered in our city, uh, educators, doctors, uh, architects, real estate agents, 
insurance agents. Uh, you just picture everybody and you picture them where they are in whatever space. The way you change a culture, the way you shape a world is by all of those people scattered in thousands of places, living out the gospel in their mm. own lives. Mm. They become tiny centers of gospel influence. So when I dream about the church, it's that our people are scattered and there is this sphere of gospel-centered influence around them that influences the two or three people. The more people you have living that way, the more people in a community that are right. spread out, the more that community begins to change. And the more that community changes, the more you begin to shift a culture. Yeah. And so that ultimately is what we're talking about. What we want to do is send our people every single week yeah. into the city to live out the gospel in very practical, loving, truthful ways mm -hmm. and watch what happens to our culture. Well, thank you so much, Brad. Yeah. It's so yeah. good to have you. And there's so much content here. I think it's incredibly helpful for everyone. Yeah. yeah. Really glad you're here, man. Like I said, I'll probably replay this because uh, I, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I don't know the questions before you guys ask them. Yeah. So some of what nice. you guys got out there is just spontaneous off the cuff stuff. So yeah, yeah. actually good. all of it was, yeah, not some good. of it, yeah. all of it was. So. <laughs> Gives us a chance to get to know you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. But it is coming from a deep place and who you yeah. are and your yeah. experience. Yeah. And, this is clearly um, something you've thought about a lot. Yeah, yeah Which sure. again, new going in advance so didn't feel bad not giving you the questions. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, we have an event coming up for yeah. our men here at the church. Uh -huh. and you're going to you, be a part of it. Yeah, you're going to be a part of it. And one of our dear old friends is going to yeah. join us as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that's going to look like yeah. and uh, what you're going to do? So Keith Jenkins, uh, some of you listening to this may know Keith was on staff here at B4 and was Come a on, guest somebody. at B4 yeah. <laughs> uh, for a long time before that. Um, he, uh, he and I have a long-standing friendship and we have navigated... Uh, working together in ministry. We've navigated um, uh, our differences in our backgrounds, our race. Uh, we've had robust conversations over the mm -hmm. years. And then we've just fought. We fight like brothers. And, <laughs> yes, you and, do. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> and, um, and we have this deep friendship. So one of the yeah. things that he and I have talked about is really a couple things that we want to do at this event. First, we just want to talk about um, committed friendship and what it looks like yeah, mm -hmm. and and the reality that it doesn't always go easy, but that men need, we need yeah, real friends. We need friends that we can actually fight with and, and walk away and it doesn't ruin a relationship. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that stuff. And yeah. then we're also going to share some stuff from our journey because um, I'm a middle-class white guy who grew up in the home of an executive in Phoenix, Arizona. And Keith grew up in Baltimore yeah. with a single mom and, and a dad that wasn't always present. And, mm -hmm. Uh, and coming out of poverty and joining yeah. the Marine Corps. And our our life experiences are so radically different. And we have learned so much about one another yeah. through our friendship. And so we want to talk a little bit about that journey and things that we've discovered. Um, we've actually never done that together. Yeah, um, We've actually talked about filming something previously, but we've never done it. So it's the first yeah. time for he and I just to talk about our friendship. Yeah. So yeah. if you want a sneak peek of something that might later be filmed, yeah. you should come to the event. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. As good yeah. friends with both of you guys, I can't wait. Like I'm genuinely very excited oh, to thanks, see how you guys navigate this. And guys, if you want more information, um, we have information on our website about yes. how to RSVP for this event. Um, it's free. You're welcome to come. It's June 8th yes. yeah. in the evening time. And uh, yeah, more information on our website. Yeah. You can go to b4church.org slash events, and that should pop up there if you want more info or if you want to RSVP per usual. Thank you for listening with us today. Brad, it's been a pleasure to have you yeah, back on. Thanks, Excited to have you on again in the future. He'll be yeah. popping back in every once in a while because we like having him. We like yep. hearing from him. If you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to share it with a friend, whether that's on social media, whether you call somebody up and tell them about it, 
whatever, however you feel like doing that. Um, we would really appreciate it. It's one of the best ways for people to find our podcast. Also, if you take a minute, if you can, to rate and review our podcast, that also helps other people find it. And it gives us some feedback from you, the listener, on what we're doing well and what we could do better. Per usual, if you have questions that you'd like us to answer on other episodes of the podcast, you can send those to podcasts at b4church.org. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube, Spotify, or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. We'll see you guys next week. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to visit b4church.org for more information. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with your friends, you can even take a screenshot and share it on social media if you like. Tag us at B4Church. Thanks for listening and we'll see you soon.